Welcome, friends. Hey, I've got an idea show. Yeah! It's my... It's my brother. That one. That's me. That's Mason. Uh, cop, uh, clown juice. Williams. And that's my brother, Luke... Strangely low energy, Williams. Hey, no, Luke, what's up? No, I'm, uh, it's fine. It's good. I just, uh, ha. <sighs> Who? I, um, how do I put this? I, um, I may have stolen a car. Well, I like. Uh, a little model car? Or are we talking like a full vroom vroom automobile? It's both, actually. I uh, oh. I took a child's toy car. Okay. And then hopped in his dad's car. Okay. And, and drove it away. And now I'm feeling a little... A little bad. Uh, you should feel bad because you are bad. But, uh... Yeah, that's that's not that's not great. You committed grand theft auto, mm-hmm. and then and I then guess petite theft auto, tiny theft. Yeah, tiny auto. theft auto. Which I, I mean, assuming you're gonna continue on the trend and commit mega theft auto, thinking where you about steal it. a car the size of a skyscraper. Yep, want to steal one of those city cars? Hmm. I um. I I should take a step back first and explain. Um, you see, folks, you're you're tuning in to, hey, I've got an idea show. For some reason. And we're inventors. We are. And we, uh, before your very years, we're going to invent something that has not existed before. Going to create something brand new. And our topic this week is villain. And you were just getting inspired, I assume? Yeah, I was just trying to, like, you know, get, uh... Get some ideas. But Luke, not every supervillain or regular villain or inferior villain steals, steals cars. cars. Mm. I mean, look at Mr. Freeze from Batman. When's the last time you saw Mr. Freeze steal a car? You know, I don't remember him ever doing that. You make a good point. Hmm. So, should I have not stolen that car? I'm not saying that. Because you not see, now jump. I'm up. I'm up a car now. I can. I, I can sell it for money. Well, I mean, you're, I you're up two cars. Car. You're you're up. That's true. A car. A big car. A little car. 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 Are they the same model of car? I stole like I'm up like a hundred and two percent car. Well, see what you do is you you come back to the original dude and you're like, hey, I brought your car back, and he's like really where is it and then you show him the model car and you're like there it is it's just far away 
Ah, and then while he's going over to try and check on it. Then, you know, you continue to have stolen his car, yes. Uh, and you, I guess, replace the plates and the VIN number and all that. So, or you just take it to a chop shop and get it broken down into parts, which I understand is a thing that you can do. Mason. Yeah. My brother. Yes. We need to make a villain. Sounds like we're already halfway there. Uh, well, I don't want to be the villain. <laughs> well, then, I'm, I mean... I'm going to make amends by amends. blowing up this car. <laughs> that's, okay, A, that's not how you make amends, and B, do we maybe want to make a villain? Okay, here's a question. If someone has done bad things and is a terrible criminal, and mm -hmm. they are now trying to get their life on track, they're going through the 12-step program, whatever, and they are trying to make amends, and we have a villain that specifically prevents them from doing that. Like, is that necessarily a crime? It's, it's not so much that the villain is themselves doing evil. They are just preventing pre-existing evil from being nullified. Well, wasn't that sort of somewhat the concept behind the, oh, uh, what was that? My name is Earl. Remember that show? Uh, I am familiar with the show that it existed. Never watched a second of it. Um, it was pretty good, as I remember, um, and very interesting. There wasn't many uh, uh, shows like it, but mm -hmm. essentially uh, the concept, as I remember it, is that this guy was not a believer in karma until he got hit by a car for all the bad stuff he was doing. And so now he is a believer in karma. But more interestingly, in the universe in which he exists, yeah, there's karma because they write it that way. Um, so sometimes he would do the thing where he'd go back to apologize and try and like, Say, hey, I'm sorry, I've been made this list of all the bad things I did to people. I'm going to try and, like, make it up to you and try to do something nice for them. But then I remember there was an episode where there was a guy that was just also being a dick. And he had to, like, knock him out. And in the story, that worked out for the best because then he got taken down a few pegs and needed to. So... Uh, the justification was like, oh, well, karma doesn't have fists. So you were just being karma's fists. Well, I mean, if you go by that, like, is anyone an agent of karma? Like, if I hit someone with my car, is that me doing a bad? Or is that karma punishing someone through me? Also, Do I noting, have free will? Also worth noting at this point that this is a very... Uh, white redneck interpretation of karma and not anything resembling, you know, the actual karma belief system. But go yeah. on. Yeah, okay. So my question is, uh, let's say that I believe that I am now an agent of karma. And anything that I do, and quite frankly, it's easier to do harm than good, anything that I do is justified and justifiable because if I hit you with my car... Karma exists, so you must have deserved it. Mm, yeah, I mean, 
the, what's fun about that one is that sounds like a villain right there. Someone who yep. just believes in uh, in this being this inevitable balance that you can do no wrong because everything was just like destined to happen for the balancing of karma. Yeah, just like walk down the street swinging a baseball bat and if you manage to hit somebody, it's not on you. Clearly they got hit because of karma. Um, So let's talk about Batman and the Joker. Okay. So Batman is notoriously very gritty and uh the, well, that, certain interpretations of him. Yeah, but a more common interpretation at least from like the Dark Knight movies um is, you know, he's not the hero uh what's the what's the quote? Not the hero they need but the hero they deserve or something like no, that. No, it's not the hero they deserve, it's the hero they need. Right. Like they deserve the white knight. They deserve Harvey Dent before his face gets fucked up. But Batman is the hero that they need to have because the Harvey Dents of the world get half burnt. Right. Now, as as I sort of understand D&D alignment uh, for this case, I had thought that your... Uh, your Batman was your lawful good and your Joker was your chaotic evil. But now I'm not so sure. Uh, do you think that's accurate? Uh, I would say, uh, well, first of all, they're definitely not being written by people who have the law, chaos, good, evil axes in mind. Uh, definitely, I would say the Joker does represent chaos for its own sake. Uh, I don't know that Batman is necessarily the incarnation of lawful good, if only because anonymous vigilantism is hard to argue as, you know, lawful. As lawful, yeah, 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 obviously. Um, I seem to remember a quote about Batman being in the lawful good column saying, like, it says lawful good, not lawful nice. Uh, which, although I appreciate that, um, I w- would, would you say, a- and again, yeah, that, that lawful, the chaotic spectrum isn't necessarily so, uh, clear, but if he's, he's pretty much rogue going on his own instincts. So if, if he's doing that, does that make him more chaotic? Well, well, I mean, he he has determined for himself what is right, as is the case with all vigilantes, right? Uh, he is judge, jury, but never executioner, uh, and he is the one who determines, oh, you know, I have to fix this problem because no one else can be trusted to do it, you know? Um, and to be fair, a lot of the times that's right, but again, that's only because it's written that way. Like... There's there's a reason why you don't see that same kind of thing here in real life. Um, now, speaking of Batman versus the Joker and Batman's entire rogues gallery, um, it's pretty obvious that most of them, certainly the best Batman villains, are those that are some sort of twisted reflection of some aspect of Batman. Uh, like Two-Face, of course, the dual identity kind of thing going on uh you got uh 
the Joker represents the chaos versus law kind of thing. Uh, you got the Scarecrow, which is uh, Batman's use of fear to manipulate people and so on. Each of them is either some sort of reflection of Batman or one of the aspects of his character taken to extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that it's like any super villain with the exception of, like, some silly stories, most supervillains are defined by the hero who opposes them. Hmm. So do we want to go with our hero that we made way back when, Respawn, and make a villain for her, or do we want to create a villain who is villainous for villainy's sake and not necessarily have it tie in with anyone or anything else? Well... Um, I'm interested in doing a respawn villain in part because that was kind of where my brain went as we were initially designing her. But also, I think I want to just talk a little bit more about who and what villains are and can be and uh, then loop around back to that. Um, Because uh, that would be us, you know, once again just citing our own materials and we'll we'll do a quick recap or whatever but like sure here we go again you know so, okay well i got a question i got a question go ahead uh, many people have argued that the best villains are those who have you know some deep-seated relatable reason for why they do what they do who have some sort of backstory that makes you say oh i understand your philosophy wrong though it may be twisted and extreme though it may be i can understand why you're doing what you're doing you're hoping to achieve this goal for this emotional backstory reason do you agree that that is the best way to make a villain, that that is a compelling thing that that will make your villain more significant, more memorable? Or do you want to start from the gimmick point and, like, maybe fill that in backwards? Well, I think it would sort of... uh, Villains are much more interesting to create and to write because... Uh, they get they get to be more fun. They get to not be restrained by uh, decency or even uh, the law or whatever. They tend to, not always, but tend to be able to be, uh, you know, a reflection of uh, darker fantasy. And... You know, you get to be unrestrained with them. And if you're acting, then they get to be a whole lot of fun to play. Yeah. But also, it really depends on the kind of story we want to tell. Like, if we're just designing an all-purpose villain that we can slot into a bunch of different stories, that's a completely different thing from, okay, we want to tell this story. We want this kind of character growth. We want this kind of end result. So we got to tell this sort of uh, story with these arcs um or is it just uh you know designing with the hero in mind and making sure that they are opposite um you know it th- we really i feel like I-, I appreciate you're asking a straightforward question but i feel like we gotta answer another question first of what kind of story do we want to tell okay 
well, the milieu most commonly associated with superheroes and villains, or at least it was until the you know giant slate of Marvel movies that everyone in the world loves forever, uh, would be comic books. And comic books tend to be ongoing stories. Uh, you bring in the villain, they get thwarted, they might be back next month, uh, and the common thread is, here is the hero, we get to see this hero's adventures, and, you know, by and large, they don't change too, too much, aside from major plot events. So, uh, I mean, do we want to assume classic superhero comics? Well, and then that's the other thing, too, are our comic book series was not related to respawn and was something else entirely and i That's don't know true. if we have as we don't really obvious have space a for a villain there. there no yeah. so you know what i'm gonna make this real easy luke top three villains of all time go mm, top villains top three villains what three villains do you most like to see? Do you most like to hear? Uh, if you if you're seeing like an episode or an issue of a superhero story and they have this villain in them, you're like, oh, that's going to be a good one. I mean, I, the more I keep trying to get away from it, the more I keep looping back. Is uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in Dark Knight was okay. a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Um, and was really enjoyable. But if we're looking at like the full, if we're looking at story, I don't know if I loved him as a, as the villain per se. Uh, another one that sticks out in my mind is uh, the, the cop from boardwalk empire. Um, okay. He was like extra super militant about prohibition era rules. Okay. Okay. And Very unsympathetic. Uh, yeah, to modern super, audiences, at least. Super unsympathetic. And that was what was kind of interesting about him. Um, like, this is the kind of guy that would bust out a ruler to organize his desk. Uh, just absolute stick in the mud. But then when it came to actually, like, if you if he found a bottle of booze in your backpack, he might smash your face in to get the supplier. You know? Right. Um, fascinating. Um, so the personification of the letter of the law over the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I am going to enforce this rule even if I have to burn down the world that the rule is meant to protect. Yes. Um, and uh, I feel like I would say something from an anime or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could go with... I I did really enjoy um, um, Legato Blue Summers from Trigun. And I haven't watched much anime, but like... I really love the concept of Legato Blue Summers, which big, big overall spoiler for Trigun. Uh, but essentially, he had basically unlimited power and could just drop an entire city just by thinking it. But his one, his one main goal was to get Vash to assassinate him because it would be the thing that would break him. Mm. And he did that like in servitude to knives and it's like so again very similar to the joker where the joker keeps trying to goad batman into killing him yeah i mean that's i think that that's uh a very good villainous trait 
Okay, so we've got our three. We've got our Heath Ledger Joker, specifically the Heath Ledger version of the Joker. We got our Boardwalk Empire Cop, and we've got our, you know, Suicidal God character. Now, mash them up. Put those three together. Tell me what you get. Luke, go. It's almost as though, like, it's easy to mash uh, Legato and, and Boardwalk Cop. Uh, whose name I should know, um, no because case. because it's not hard to apply full like lawfulness to a character that would be willing to do that because it's almost like Legato was the, the same sort of thing. Like he, it it makes no sense that Legato would be that self sacrificial unless he was following a code that strictly. Uh, now I'm picturing now a cop who's trying to get killed by gang members because he knows if the local gang kills a cop, then, you know, the precinct will finally dedicate the resources needed to this problem. Hmm. And then mashing that up with the Joker is the harder part, right? Well, now, because... see, I, I, I immediately thought that the Joker and Legato were the easier mix because both of them are trying to goad the hero into killing them. That's true. But, I, I mean... Why was it that the Joker was goading Batman into killing him? Because he wanted him to surrender to chaos, to give up on the idea that that there is, you know, a, a law that you have to follow. Yeah, the Joker's philosophy, at least in that movie, seemed to consist almost entirely of if you have a bad enough day, you will surrender to chaos, you will do a terrible bad thing because sufficient trauma will make you bad. How about this? How about someone who has authority, like a like a cop, uh-huh. and they are completely torn apart inside about whether lawfulness or chaos is the better, like, lifestyle choice, essentially... Uh-huh. And he he wants to he wants to surrender to one, but he can't pick. No, 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 no. Here's here's the motivation. I got you. I got you. Here's here's what it is. Okay. This cop has been busting people for let's say weed. He's been doing it for decades. He's very good at it, and he has seen that when he busts weed growers and weed dealers, that their lives are ruined. Families are torn apart. People have gone to jail and then died in that prison, and he has held that as a mark of pride for himself, that he has destroyed these scummy, scummy people. But then, all of a sudden, weed's legal where he is, and he's like, oh shit, this law that I've been destroying people's lives for, it's its arbitrary. It's gone now. I can't enforce it anymore. So what he has to do to sort of convince himself that, no, no, I was in the right, is he needs to find a way to convince himself that all of these people, you know, deep down... They really were scum. So he's basically trying to manipulate other people into being as bad as he has convinced themselves as he has convinced himself they are. Okay, so the kind of cop that would plant evidence like for sure. Like that that 
Yeah, plant evidence, but more importantly, goad you into committing a crime. Because as soon as you, uh, like, draw a knife on me, I get to shoot you. And it's okay that I, that I do it, because you were bad. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to have this, like, set this up for me. Like, you're not going to take someone who, um... Yeah, like, it's it's not enough that we're talking about abuse of power here. We're talking about a villain, not just a run-of-the-mill, like, overly enthusiastic, you know, authority figure. We're talking about someone whose main motivation is to try to convince you to sin so that I can send you to hell. Right. So, wow, 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 wow. I mean, you know that exists. Right? Like, you know that on a level, there are those that are like, oh, oh, that would be just be so perfect. You know, once, if you just take that step and prove me right, then I can do X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, like... Yeah, it's the oh, sort of people good. who have the, the fantasy that as long as that dude throws the first punch, then I'm allowed to do whatever I want in the fight, and it's all self-defense. Which, yeah. I'm sorry, no, kind of not, actually. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's there's some people who have this this whole elaborate, violent fantasy, and they're like, as long as that other motherfucker throws the first punch, everything else is okay. Hmm... So, is that, like, I feel like violence wasn't the direction you were taking it in, though. I feel like you're taking it more in the direction of, like, um, this this character is insidious enough that yeah. they don't necessarily want to just get themselves into a fist fight. They want to actively ruin the livelihood yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not enough that I be beat that. the tar out of you. I need to make sure that you are ruined. So, like, here's the thing, is if you see any one incident, you're like, oh yeah, his actions are totally justified. But then you look at his record, and you find that he's somehow managed to kill, like, 50 people all in self-defense, and you're like, huh, that kind of is statistically improbable now, isn't it? I'm I'm honestly thinking like we might be onto something here and I truthfully just want to go get a drink from that water cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, let's go get hydrated. All right. I hate society. Hi there, Holden Caulfield. That's me. What are you doing outside of New York in the 1970s? Uh, or whenever the hell that book was. Well, here's uh, here's just me catching up with the times. Got okay, myself well, a phone. But well, guess, let me tell, okay, tell well, you, I, I love you the gray hair on the side of your head there. You look I really do. distinguished. I have yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. And uh, my phone is just reminding me how much I hate society. Wow, you already got a modern smartphone. I did. Uh, well, let me tell you, Holden, if you don't want uh, phonies, what we can do is you can pretend to be a deaf mute, and also you can install Hoop on your phone. My, but my phone 
Isn't my phone not a phony? I don't... It, that's what it... No, that's the one thing that isn't a phony, because, like, if you're out there catching kids that are in the rye, you know what would help you catch those kids without hurting them? Is you just get a hoop, like a hula hoop, and you just sort of pop it over their head, and you can sort of yank them with that. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is the equivalent of that, right there on your smartphone. <laughs> it lets Let's you wait. catch... Wait. <laughs> Catch Wait. your friends that, that you will this, have. You'll have friends. like an abduction situation. No, no. Do I, it's, want, it, do I want that? Is that good? It's, it's, it's great. I, okay, hang on. I got to step outside the bit. Luke, are you familiar with the novel Catcher in the Rye? Because that's kind of what I've been doing here. Um, that was the one with... The, the lawyer that fights against the racism, right? For the love of God. Okay, everybody, download Hoop. Connect to my brother on Hoop. You're going to have to find him in real life because yeah. that's how the app works. It's authentic. Connect to him on Hoop and then use Hoop to tell my brother that he's a dumbass. Okay, cool. Uh, wait, no, I do know the one. That's the one with the, uh, the rabbits that like alfalfa, right? Get Hoop. Hey, dear listeners, just a quick break here, so I'm going to remind you about a couple of things. We still need suggestions. You can hit us up on Twitter at H-I-G-A-I show or email us H-I-G-A-I show at gmail.com. Uh, we are happy to take your suggestions for topics that we can invent things about or with or whatever. We might stick with your topic or we might go completely into left field. Just fair warning there. My brother does art for the Roll to Save comic. That's RollToSaveComic.com. And also for his own comic, Forward, which is at forwardcomic.com. He also does books and other stuff. Check out his Patreon, patreon.com slash tailstick. I'm also working on music, and I actually want to touch on this a little bit today because I know I just keep teasing and teasing and teasing and not actually saying anything. So here's the first little tidbit. It's going to be mashup-related, a full album of mashups. I would say at this point I'm probably about 50% done. Uh, as soon as I get to around the 80% mark, I can actually give you a release date. I'm aiming for late fall, early winter, so it's not going to be too long now. Also, I want to take this time to thank everyone who tuned in to Mason's Inspector Gadget role-playing game test. It was pretty fun. He had some art ready for it. He had the system all ready. There was some, there was some great Inspector Gadget cosplay. The video of that stream is still available online, twitch.tv slash tailstick. If you want to check it out, it's a hoot. This is also the part of the podcast where ads go, so if you want to swap ads, or if you actually want us to talk about your product or service, uh, advertisecast.com slash 2493. We're now going to get back to our invention of a villain after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Poole. And I'm Quentin Bongrats. We are Double Issue, a weekly fiction podcast. So, we got this superhero universe. Some weeks we write and read stories set in that world. Other weeks we have conversations digging into the lore and characters. All weeks we have a good fun time. Meet our cast of super characters like Amy Dangerous, Boulder Shark, Cup Hands, Aqualion, Moongler, Broadband and Dialogue, Adam Dangerous, Magic, John Morris, Mirror Master, Captain Havoc, Lady Luck, Lepsamia, Bison, Twist, Minotaur, Paladin, Born, Aster, Bellbinder, The Amazing Richard, Ichiball, Double Take, Hildy the Hunter, Dr. Drake, Split, Quake, Guardian Garth, Sparkplug, and many more. So join us every Thursday at doubleissue.show or wherever podcasts are sold. Okay, so I think one of the tricky things we have here is we, we were just, uh, dear listeners, we were just talking at that water cooler about the nature of uh, if we were to make this villain uh, opposite of Respawn, who, uh, quick little recap for Respawn, I uh, believe it was episode 10-ish, uh, 
uh, or way 12, back when, uh, from the first season. And basically, what we created with her was she was a uh, gay, black, uh, disabled woman who had the ability to respawn mm-hmm. uh, from her couch, which meant that her couch that she was laying on was her sort of default form of sorts. And the couch could essentially be summoned wherever she was. So if she was able to like fling herself at an enemy uh, on this couch, whether the couch was outfitted with jets or whatever we said, no, no, she had some like psychic power too. Right. Or telekinetic power rather. Um, No, anyway, what it was, was uh, everything respawns and reorients based on the position of her head. So if she tilts her head upside down and then activates her power, then the couch is upside down on top of her. Was that what you came up with? Anyway, um, you know, kind of an interesting uh, power of sorts because definitely nobody has done that one before. Mm. Uh, But also uh, with that being our protagonist, we were talking about what a good antagonist to that could be. And we hit a sort of a snag where we would love to do something that is progressive and try and, you know, have it be someone very different from that. And our difficulty with that is that is just the phrase that you said, Mason, of like, maybe we ought to stay in our own lane, that as much as we want to design a horrible person... Uh, it's difficult to do while, I don't know, being, showing diversity. Yeah, like, uh, if if we've got a black, disabled lesbian, and then we make someone who is either the opposite of that, straight white man, or, you know, a twisted reflection of that, either way, forget staying in our lane. That's like swerving across four lanes of traffic, flipping off everybody, as we go it's like no i mean i i'm all for that would be an interesting story i'm all for like addressing the issues that that would raise but at the same time i kind of don't want to stick my dick in that bear trap you know so here's a thought what if we what if we tried to go with a lot of those themes but removed a sort of human element from that still like, I think that a relatable human character is still frequently a good way to go with a villain. But what if we were talking about some advanced AI or, you know, personal uh, uh, assistant that well, was... Well, now, if we, if we were to go AI, it would necessarily change the motivation. Because you can have an AI that's rogue and is like, hey, my programming is to you know make sure everyone is bad and then if everyone is bad i'm allowed to kill them and that's efficient but that's a very different motivation from what we were talking about Hmm. there's a hard one we're inventing a hard one yeah and um well okay okay let's let's get away from the the adjectives uh, let's, let's focus on the emotional core of what Respawn is about. Respawn, the power, the whole concept is 
you always reset. You set back to where you were. So if she gets injured, she can just respawn and she's fine. She, you know, gets her couch destroyed. She respawns. Her couch is fine. And I think that's a great contrast with our villain. Because our villain's whole thing is, I want to change your life. I want to ruin your life, make your life bad, change who and what you are. So mm. in this case, Respawn represents always being able to get back to like your default state, always being able to say, no, this is the core of who I am and this will not change. And meanwhile, our villain, whoever they are, is trying to be like, no, the core of who and what you are, either A, has been bad from the word go, or B, can be made bad. Hmm. Um, I'm just still kind of struggling for a fresh thought. You want to just have it be uh, Leah's evil twin? Evil twin? Evil twin sister, yeah, never got paralyzed. Uh, but it's just like, oh my god, e evil twin, but like somehow doesn't realize her sister's secret identity. I, I gotta be honest, man. I think the, the, the secret identity part of where she's wearing the like spawn costume, I think that's kind of easily the weakest part of that concept. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Like, have it be like everyone else knows? Nah, 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 nah. I mean, good good for a gag. I don't know if that's... Okay, like, that's no. that that's kind of funny in the same way that, you know, you know, Superman puts the glasses on. It's like, where did Superman go? Do, do we want to have it, though, that it is someone from uh, her family? Someone perhaps... Who, uh, I, I I do like that, but I think maybe like an uncle or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Here's here's my thing. Uh, let's say it was an accident that made her paralyzed in the first place, or possibly even a crime. Like maybe she was shot in a mugging gone bad or something, and that's what motivated this person to go into law enforcement in the first place, either as a cop, or if we want to drop the cop angle, have them consider themselves to be a vigilante superhero in the first place. Wait, 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 wait. I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay, hit me. Because we were thinking, too, that maybe we didn't want to do the cop thing. Here's yeah. another idea. Uh, what if it wasn't a cop as much as a detective? And so... I mean, I know that's still under the cop branch, but still, what a, even like a private eye, perhaps, where this is someone who's trying to do a lot of vigilante shit to begin with, and they already are sort of dubious about like, oh, do what a guy's to t do, what you gotta do, do what needs to get done in order to solve the mystery, solve the crime, and in his head, his or her head, that's what they're doing. Okay, you know who. Uh, operates sort of quote-unquote within the law but is not a cop is bounty hunters. When somebody's got a bounty put on their head, it's like, this person is supposed to be in jail. They didn't show up for their court date. Go get them. Like, hmm. everybody loves Dog the Bounty Hunter, but like, an evil version of that, basically. Somebody who's chasing these scum down and is like, I know that you're bad because otherwise, why would I even have a job? 
but I guess, okay, so perhaps this is a slow burn of a villain. Okay. Right? Like, maybe at the very beginning, this was even an ally. This was someone who helped take down a local bad guy or, or something and... And was on the side of like helped solve the mystery, helped like helped hunt down the person, caught them. Great, maybe got in an extra punch they weren't supposed to, or something. Mm-hmm. But oh, oh, okay, okay. Here's here's my here's my backstory. You ready? Okay. Okay. So Leah, uh, little girl, uh, younger, loves cosplay, loves superheroes. Uh, she and her uncle, they're out mugging, gone bad. Leah catches a bullet in the spine. Uh, and that makes the uncle fucking furious, and he just sort of becomes like a vigilante sort of superhero type, like Neighborhood Watch on steroids, and he goes back and he tracks down the people who originally, you know, did this, and he manages to beat them up and get them to confess and gets them arrested for all the bad shit they've done. And Mm. then he's got the itch now. Because there's bad people in the neighborhood and he's got to take them down. So he's going around and he's finding people who are so bad and, you know, uh, they're violent, they're drug dealers, they're gang members, whatever. And he's the local sort of vigilante who goes in, busts them up, helps deliver them to the cops. But then uh, whatever it was, Cosmic Rays or whatever, that gives Leah her superpower and makes her respawn... Uh, all of a sudden, she's out there causing chaos, uh, and maybe the uncle is like, that's that's an actual superpower. Join me and we'll take down these bad guys. But by this point, he's so much of a fanatic that he's busting like 14-year-olds for smoke on a little pot, and Leah's like, no, man, just let him let him smoke pot, man. This is legal now. And he says, what? No, but it shouldn't be. They're bad. They're drug dealers. And like, he's, he's getting more and more passionate about it. And like, he doesn't want to fight his niece, especially since he feels super bad for her. She's paralyzed. And that atrocity was what forced him into this in the first place. But at the same time, she's trying to stop him from his mission of rooting out the scum of the neighborhood and getting them punished so that the the place can be clean and pure again. Mm. Okay, well, here's another thing that I think can contribute to this. Okay. Is, um, I like the direction you're going in with that, but I feel like there needs to be more that would actually turn him into into that much like you know a tragedy like that happening that co- helping someone snap i i get mm-hmm. but i don't know that it's enough for it to be realistic for him to go that far well so, i mean at the same time i definitely don't want to go way over the edge grimdark like i don't want him to bust up a brothel full of like three-year-olds who no, are of being course. yeah sure That's but, a little too i far. mean but i'm saying like if this was a detective, maybe th- there was just a lot of situations that is like, oh, if I had gotten there faster, something would have turned out different. Or also a quota uh, and pressure from the department of we we aren't solving these fast enough. They keep get just getting away because essentially they aren't getting caught with enough dirt on them. So then he starts planning the dirt. 
oh, in order okay. to make the difference. Here, here's the thing. An inverse of the Spider-Man origin, right? Because there's a perp that he let go because there wasn't enough dirt. And that perp was the one who shot his niece. Oh, man. It's spider It's perfectly Spider-Man inverted. Am I right? Oh, except Uncle Ben was just... If only I could have proven how bad he was, he would have yeah. gone to jail and then none of this would have happened. That's pretty good, man. Okay, oh. so... Okay, do we want our... a gimmick? Do we want... Well, like, let's talk appearance, let's talk costume, let's talk methodology. That's the thing, I'm sort of picturing him as being, like, middle-aged now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's easier for me to imagine him, maybe when he was younger, and he was initially doing stuff, it could be just sort of like a, a, a very low-key sort of costume of sorts, not unlike a... a you know, just like a trench coat and hat. Or yeah, something. but at this point, he's been doing it for like decades, right? But then that's the other tricky thing about that is that I feel like as he gets older, maybe because I'm still in my head picturing that uh, that Boardwalk Empire cop of like just somebody with like a mustache and like no like. But maybe we've come so far from that now that it doesn't matter. Well, the the best costume is no costume. Like, if you can blend into the background and look like the custodian, look like the pizza delivery guy, like, you're sitting pretty. Yeah, and I really, I honestly do really like the concept of, like, initially he was so impassioned that he thought he was going the superhero route. And then that gradually wore off because he's like... Yeah, that was more for spectacle, or I was doing that for myself, oh, oh, no, and now I'm thing. doing the, the real good. He had that spectacle back in the day, and there's still the fear among people of that image. So he's still using that image to inspire fear, but he himself never dresses up that way anymore. So there will be, like, blurry photos and videos, but that'll be shit that he's staged. Or, like, he'll hire someone to wear the costume and go run around town. He'll, like, set up a fake dummy wearing the costume to freak people out because they just see it on the rooftop and then it ducks away and they're like, Oh, he's up there on the roof! Quick, shoot him! And then, meanwhile, he's not wearing the costume, and he's just getting in where he needs to go, doing what he needs to do, getting back out again. Hmm. I like... Okay, I'm liking this a lot. I feel like another aspect of what we're designing, too, is that it's a pretty DIY, low-budget thing to start. Yeah. Like, I don't think it makes sense to make this guy the tinkerer uh, robotics person. No. Um and so the part of the gimmick, too, of, like, we don't have to give him anything for, like, mobility or whatever or, or a signal or a sign. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't need mobility. He can walk. He's already faster than her. Well, no, I meant besides that. I meant, like, uh, do we picture him grappling to the tops of buildings and stuff? And I feel like... No, no, no. Here's the thing. That sort of thing... He will have that 
idea of a, a superhero supervillain in your head and he will use that perception like what he'll have set up ahead of time is i want you to imagine this it's dark okay you're chasing him and he's ahead of you he goes around a corner he ducks behind a dumpster right and mm. then you see just a black shape just shoot up the side of the uh of the building and you're like oh man he had a grappling hook there quick follow him and you go up the fire escape trying to get to the roof you get to the roof what's up there it's just like a a single fishing line let that ha- reeled that itself up and up. like yeah. a, a bit of black cloth and meanwhile he's just wandered away and taken the bus right because yeah He's been doing this for so long that he's got shit like that set up. He already knows in advance. He thinks five steps ahead, not because he's a master, you know, strategic genius, but just because he's been doing this so long. He knows how this goes. So I don't think he needs the like the symbols and the signals and the uh, and the caricature (laughs) that other heroes do because he's sort of subverting that. But I do think he would still have, you know, some sort of calling card or name. Yeah, some sort of branding, because a good supervillain can never resist their own brand. And what's interesting about that is that for the, like, the first time ever, we're talking about, like, a straight-edge superhero, supervillain. Mm-hmm. And so what is that person's symbol or aesthetic? Well, he views Um, himself as like an avenging angel, right? Like he is the sword of judgment. Do you think we want to just do a little touch of religion note in there too? I mean, we could, in theory, that's a good match against Respawn because Respawn is based on Spawn. I mean, it it could just be like somebody named Michael or Gabe. Mm. And he just like that's just his name, but uh, I was thinking too maybe like X because like the symbol of the straight edge. Well, like yeah, X, but I mean no... he wouldn't be in that kind of culture though. Yeah, not uh, man. Fallen angel, X cop, <laughs> angel X angel cop, cop X angel my fanfic. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, okay, uh, I, if I if I want to leave behind a calling card because I've been here and I have exposed the depravity that I believe was already here to begin with, like, um, I, I'm I'm showing that the dirt uh that got swept under the rug, uh, I'm. Uh, oh, the the UV light, right? That that reveals, you know, the the filth, right? So, like, that could be his calling card is like that UV luminol kind of shit that they use in CSI type shows. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, he he never leaves behind anything you can see. But if you go over it with one of those luminol, then all of a sudden you see like painted on the wall. There's like an eye. Okay. Uh, I had another idea of um, something that's more neutral that could be either good or evil okay. is rope. Because just like there was a fishing line or rope or whatever that, you know, his distractions might be set up uh, with, uh, I think maybe 
if this isn't someone with any actual legal authority uh, to arrest outright, I think that probably uh, he's just, you know, tying them up. And mm-hmm. ju- a-, a la Spider-Man, uh, you know, the the bad guy just caught in his web. Except I think it going wrong is he might tie some baddies up and leave them for the police to find. And then the police don't find them for a while. Yeah, and then they they don't do so well. Yeah. Um, well, now here's here's the phrase that that brings to mind. I'll give you enough rope to hang yourself. <laughs> right right okay. that phrase yeah yeah the one of the tricky parts of the antithesis of of respawn though yeah. is that um like he can't like lasso the couch because <laughs> she would just respawn it and it would snap the cords anyway yeah he's not a cowboy but i don't like i don't hate like a lasso I don't know like, if we want to go like a hangman aesthetic either, though, because that might be uh, also problematic, let's say. But hangman is also pretty appropriate for... For, for what uh, he does, yeah. For execution style, yeah. So he oh, just, geez. like, rope is his is his theme. What if it was just, like, gallo? Gallo Sing- is good. Like, singular, gallo. Gallo. Michael Gallo. Oh, fuck, that's pretty good, man. I think that's good. I, I, I don't know if I have much else. Uh, no, no. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. I think we've got our dude. And you know what's real cool about this is that, like, on the one hand, it's like I wouldn't mind reading reading a story of this, right? I wouldn't sure. mind reading, but like, Michael Gallo is not the is not the the first issue he or the or the second or the third, and he is not like. If it was a movie adaptation, uh, like he is, or or like if it was a trilogy or episodic TV or something, he's like the season villain, you know. Like yeah. he's not the the small villain. That's he's not the mini boss. Yeah, he's he boss. he is the major dude. Yeah, that might even span multiple seasons or something like that. And with that in mind, I'm not super interested in seeing like one small story. He actually needs the room to grow and become the villain, and that needs like a longer time. Yeah, like like good. as as respawn goes through her sillier adventures, taking down like minor bad guys. You just have hints in the background that this is what's been going on. You see like the graffiti of people saying "Fear the rope." You know, you 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 have like. You, you have background stuff where you see like news reports or whatever maybe at some point leah gets warned like don't get out there and go too far afield don't do things that'll attract his attention because he's the boogeyman mm. i do like that that he's using like a reputation of fear to try and like maintain order yeah because a rope uh, devoid of context is very scary Yep. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock did a whole movie. Maybe he is just like the rope or something. 
Well, I mean, you could have multiple things. Like, obviously, if Michael Gallo is his real name, most people don't know that. They would just say, like, The Rope or possibly just Gallo or something like that. Yeah, I think I think The Rope or uh, people would call him, like, Gallo at the precinct or whatever. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, he can't he can't leave a reputation of being Gallo or it would give him away. And yet he is keeping up with the hiding in plain sight. So I feel like if someone did confront him with his actions, he wouldn't even necessarily deny them. And you know, he'd have like one of those paracord bracelets and like, you don't even think about it, just seeing it on there. But like you go back and like, Oh man, that was right there in episode one. (laughs) <laughs> and uh just a side fun thing does he sort of like portray that he's got he's just like totally vanilla in the uh in the bedroom but actually super into bondage <laughs> oh no 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 that's the thing is that would disgust him like that's <laughs> he he absolutely does not mix business and pleasure ever like, if you even hint at that, he would just be so disgusted, and he would probably just kick your ass on principle for even mentioning the idea of sexual bondage to him. Like, if he's in the middle of tying somebody up, and they're like, oh, I bet you get off to this, then he just wails on you for five minutes and goes back to what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. Now, I think I think we're just about... Um done for this one but i want to make sure the verdict is a productive one i don't think it's would you watch an episode of this i think it's a little more difficult than that if if this was the show called either respawn or some other thing if this show i think the verdict is would you commit to a season of this because i i want to sort of more ask the question like uh how problematic is this? Like scale of one to ten. Like how how well did we like manage to tiptoe around the issues? Capital I. Well, I don't necessarily want to shine a flashlight just on that, Fair or else enough. it will seem yeah. like that's exactly we what all we were doing. Um, it's more specifically that. I feel like personally listening to this, I'm interested in this story. I'm invested in like wanting to hear some of this story, but I feel like it needs time. And I feel like you couldn't just watch two episodes of this and drop it and get a full sense of how this villain is a villain. Yeah, you would need to like binge a season because that's that's what people do these days. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, would you would you commit to a season of this? Is the verdict? You'll find that on our Twitter. You will at h i g a i show, and uh, we are still taking uh, suggestions. You can do send us those on Twitter or h i g a i show at gmail dot com. Please hit us up with those. And uh, Mason, we need to do a topic for the next week. We do. Okay, so we're still going through all of these suggestions my wife left. We got four left. Roll me a D4, Luke. We're going to do suggestion number 
four. Number four. Oh. Oh, Amber's been looking forward to this one. Oh, she was saying that one was especially good. This this is the one, okay? Okay. All right. Um, so, there are a lot of Christmas specials. Animated oh Christmas specials, Muppet Christmas specials, whatever. And many of them are in the format of blank saves Christmas. Elmo saves Christmas. Fucking Peppa Pig saves Christmas. I don't know. So yes. Okay. They're, I don't want to make a Christmas special, Luke. I don't want to create a fictional character who saves Christmas. What we need to come up with is a threat to Christmas. <laughs> I was wondering about the packaging on this one, and that is spot on. Kudos to Amber. Uh, next week, we devise a new threat on Christmas. Yule must be destroyed, Luke. And I ho ho hope you'll join us next week. Uh, full of good cheer, mistletoe, reindeer wreath. All of those, yes. And until next time, dear listeners, thumbs up, monorail eggplant. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep. Okay.